I'm gonna be there, I'm your guy. Mid-party, get the text, hey, not gonna make it, my son has a runny nose. Does it get more soft than that? That was a cover-up, I just didn't wanna be there with you. <laughs> <laughs> you just went on a 10-minute spiel about how you're going on a diet. Yeah, because I'm getting fat. Welcome into the lounge. I'm Garrett Downing. I'm Ryan Mink. Why are you stealing my intro? I mix it up. You know, it's my job. We're mixing things up right now. We got to win. And so I'm just excited to get started today. I couldn't wait any longer. Kicking it off. All right. Well, also in the spirit of kicking off new things, we have our first audio question from John Stremmel. Before we read it, are you? Well, we don't read it. We play it. We this play is audio. It. Sorry. Yes. Before we play it. Can you just describe how excited and how different the feeling is in here on a Monday after being the Steelers compared to the last month? Yeah, if you can't tell, uh, we got a little pep in our step this morning. <laughs> uh, victory cake is probably on its way right now. I seriously, I think I turned to you in the press box. I said, after we came up from the locker room, I said, you know what this means. Victory cake is back, my friend. Yeah, and if there's one guy that's going to be excited about victory cake in this building, we know it's going to be you. <laughs> me. Just got done talking about how I'm packing on the LBs wanted, lately. Hold on. Before we came in and started recording, you just went on a 10-minute spiel about how you're going on a diet. Yeah, because I'm getting fat. But Victory Cake is still going to be Vi- part look, of that diet? We all know that Victory Cake is an exception. All right? <laughs> okay. That you have to make certain exceptions. I'm not trying to starve myself here, Garrett. If I could eat only a diet of Victory Cake, I would. That's like when you're... Thanksgiving dinner as a kid, and you're so full, and then you have a separate stomach for pumpkin pie. That is the exactly. same stomach for victory cake? Precisely. Okay. Precisely. Goes in its own category. So I got off track there. Let's go back to the email. It got off track. We're going to intro a new segment later in the podcast called Getting Off Track. Very, Very well nice. done. Well done. So yeah, all right. We're going to play this one. All right, here it is, folks. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Garrett. This is John from Hawaii. I just wanted to say that that win against the Steelers felt really good. Usually when we win, everybody goes on social media and say, ah, it wasn't pretty, but yada, yada, yada. At least it's a win. This one felt pretty. Uh, So my question to you is, did it feel pretty to you as well? I thought it felt pretty good, but I don't know. Maybe I'm totally misreading it. Also, I'm not super confident about Thursday against the Browns. Even though they haven't won a game all season and we're technically tied for first, I still don't have that warm and fuzzy feeling, so I guess my other question is, why don't I have that great feeling? Thanks for the great podcast, guys. All right, so John's question. We're going to break this down into two parts. First, we're going to talk about the Steelers part of this question, then we're going to later on hit the Browns part, John. But to get into Steelers, was this ugly? Was it beautiful, the Ravens went over the Steelers? What do you think? Yeah, that's a good question, and just as a reminder to tell people how they can send in those questions, they got to email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Just record it on your phone, send it in, and you can be like, John, and get your question played. Uh, now, to answer that question, I actually kind of disagree with John a little bit. I th- think it was ugly, huh? I think it was not quite as pretty as maybe he feels like. You know, when you're sitting there at 21 nothing and you're feeling like, oh my, the Steelers, you have them down on the ropes, three touchdowns, you're feeling really good about this thing. It's pretty for three and, a half, three and a half quarters. It was good. I thought it was really pretty for the defense. The defense, I thought, played a heck of a game. The defense, to me, looks legitimate, looks really good. I'm excited about what I see from this defense, really in all three levels of that defense. But at the same time, the offense still has a long way to go. That game masked a lot of the issues on offense that we would be spending a lot of time talking about had things gone differently. You have a blocked punt that gets returned for a touchdown. All of a sudden, you get a touchdown there. You forget that that wasn't an offensive touchdown. You have one play 
95 yards that basically accounts for a third of your overall offensive production yeah. in one play. Yep. The rest of the time, you didn't have much success. I mean, what was it, 42 yards in the second half? It was two, two other field goals. It wasn't three touchdowns, two other field goals. Right, sorry. Uh, and knocked yourself out of field goal position a couple of times with penalties. Uh, and out of the red zone, you know, you ended up kicking a field goal instead of being in good position inside your intent with a first down because of penalties. So a lot of the same offensive problems that we've been talking about for the first half of the season, for the first seven games, they cropped up once again after the bye. You know, not much changed. I thought Joe, you know, missed some more throws that he should have made. Um, I thought the running game, yeah, flirt. at times it looked good. At other times it really stumbled. You know, it just kind of fell flat. Um, once again, Rashad Perryman didn't show up again. I actually, you know what? I thought Perryman, I don't – they didn't really throw to him that much, but he had a couple he had of the nice one crossing route. Well, he had a couple of nice catches uh, at, at the, right before halftime um, to set up that field goal. The one right on the on the sidelines, and then got out of bounds. Kind of some yes. nice footwork. I thought he did okay. He wasn't super involved in the game plan, obviously. Right. It's not like he went that off. Was a, that was a two minute drive to get a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was that's true. At least decent. That's true. So like Steve made somewhat of a difference. I, I would say there's incre- incremental progress from the offense, but certainly not even near enough. To, to feel comfortable with where the offense is right now or feel like that's the unit that's going to – I didn't see enough to tell me that the offense is turning it around. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. On the flip side, and maybe this is why John feels like it was such a pretty win, is that the defense did. You know, oh, the defense is lights out. It really you've is. Been, you've been kind of ner- a nervous Nelly. I love to call you a Nelly. <laughs> Uh, about the defense and the secondary specifically. And we kind of got into a little debate after the game last night in which I've said, look, the secondary has been good all year long. Like everybody just loves to drop the hammer on probably every fan of every team in the NFL drops the hammer on their secondary because they give up plays. But the Ravens secondary, yes, has the, have they gotten torched at times? When you step back and look at it, it's been good. I think that the Ravens defense has been really good this year, and I think that there have been games that the team has lost in part, in large part, because of the secondary. The big one that stands out, obviously, is the game against the Giants where Odell Beckham Jr. went off for 221 yards and two touchdowns, and everyone's going to say Jimmy went out in the second half yes, of that game. And that that was legit. an impact. And, and I said this on the podcast the day after that game, the last touchdown that he had had nothing to do with the fact that Jimmy wasn't in the game. That was against Tavon Young. So they have gotten beat at times, and so I'm not ready to... But, like, to... every every team... Uh, here's my argument. Odell Beckham Jr. had the best game of his career against the Ravens. That's not a every team gets beat argument. And yes. we haven't faced A.J. Green yet. We know that always ends up That's, going over very well. That'll, that'll be a test. But I think that it's easy to throw the secondary under the bus. Uh, every fan probably does it because they're on the island it's so clear to see when they get beat and by the way I don't know if you've noticed this but the NFL is a passing league and so they get thrown on and tested a lot Um, and so I think it's time to give the Ravens secondary its props go out there against Antonio Brown Ben Roethlisberger on the field and they really handcuffed them so it's a pretty darn good unit and heck CJ Mosley back is makes a big difference and that interior defensive line if, if there's any way the Ravens can keep Brandon Williams, shout out podcast bump. Yeah, podcast bump ball, works again. Tip ball for an interception podcast bump. Uh, if there's any way they can keep Brandon and Michael Pierce, oh, it's oh, good. just turn it into a 4-3 defense and gobble them up. By the way, I think the Ravens have several good candidates for Pro Bowl this year. Brandon Williams being one of them. Yeah. Eric Weddle certainly being one of them. Yep. C.J. Mosley is having a Pro Bowl-esque season. And I think that Jimmy Smith. Jimmy? Yeah. 
and that was going to be the guy. I think that it's time. And Tucker, obviously. Yeah, for sure, Tucker. I think that Jimmy Smith has timed it for him to start getting some credit as somebody that should be making a trip for his first Pro Bowl. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, so now I think you look at it, and the Ravens are in first place. They're tied for first place with the Steelers. They have a head-to-head tiebreaker on them, but obviously that means nothing because yeah. they're going to play again. I always love the if the season ended yeah. today. Well, guess what? It's not ending today. <laughs> There's eight more games. <laughs> right, we're halfway through. Uh, but the Ravens are in first place. Now the question, I think, is do you think they're going to hold on to it? For how long? Till the end of the for season. The, forever? <laughs> Till the end of the season. Uh, I, I definitely think they can. I mean, the Steelers, for as good as they looked you know, very early in the year, they've shown chinks in their armor, no question about it. Um, the Bengals have taken a step back this year. I think what it's going to come down to is how the Ravens perform within the division. And we've had this very conversation on this podcast before. The Ravens can't count, particularly on the Steelers, I think, they can't count on other teams to beat them in order to knock them back in the division. If the Ravens are going to win the division, they have to take care of business against the Steelers again later in the year, and then, of course, against the Bengals. Right. So I do think that the Ravens certainly can do that. Now the question is just how they perform in those games, because I don't think that you can count on the Steelers going and losing, going 4-4 four and four the second half of the year, looking at their schedule. Right. Yeah, the Steelers' schedule right now, uh, I would say – if I, were, if I were to put the mortgage on it, uh, the Ravens, I would say, have a, less of a chance to hold on to it than I would say the Steelers right now. Just looking at the schedules. The Steelers have a lighter second half. The Cowboys are really the only playoff-bound team. But here's the thing. You can never really predict how tough an opponent is going to be. Okay, So I looked at this last week, and the Steelers are going to face the Giants. They're going to face the Colts. They're going to face, you know, the Bills in the second half, okay? Let's specifically talk about the Giants and the Colts. Uh, you would say, ah, those aren't that good of teams. Well, the Giants just beat the Eagles, right? And the Eagles are a team that everybody's worried about the Ravens having to play down the stretch. And the Eagles blew out the Steelers earlier in the season. Right, yeah. The Colts just beat the Packers in Green Bay. Yep. Maybe they're not as bad as you think. So, you know, we all play this game of, like, well, how tough is the schedule going to be? Here's their combined record. And then things change, and surprises happen. So, yeah, if I'm, if I'm forced to play that game of how tough is the remaining schedule, I'd say the Ravens is tougher. The, the Patriots are good. Yeah. And you're in New England. Cowboys the, are good. Right. You have to still go to Pittsburgh. The Ravens beat the Steelers the first time at home. you got to go to Pittsburgh. That's going to be tough. Two games against the Bengals. You know, they have been an Achilles heel for the Ravens. Talk about the Ravens having the Steelers number. Bengals have had the Ravens number. So, when I look at it on paper, I'd still say the Ravens have – a tougher chance than the Steelers of going to the playoffs, but I'm not ruling them out by any means, no. especially after what I saw. I mean, we, the Steelers were the preseason hype to be a Super Bowl team. Well, they had all their weapons, and you can sit there and say, oh, well, Ben wasn't 100% and all this stuff. You know what? I'm tired of hearing all that stuff. They have not looked that good. Yeah. You know, they haven't looked that good. So they have issues. Oh, that's so, what I'm saying. So, I, yeah, I think the Ravens can hold on to it. And the way they're going to hold on to it, and what we've alluded to so far, is defense is going to have to play lights out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Lights out. Eric Weddle said it, I think, perfectly in the post-game locker room when I asked him this. He says, we know now if the defense plays well, we're probably going to win. If they don't, we're probably going to lose. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure on the defense because I don't think that the offense is going to be a team that puts up 30 points. They haven't been all season. I don't think they're necessarily a team that's going to put up 21 points every week, you know? Yep. They haven't been that. Um, 
what the offense has to do, and if this team is going to win really tough games down the stretch, I think here's what it comes down to. This, these final eight games. You got to beat the teams that you're expected to beat. You got to beat Miami. You got to beat Cleveland at home. Uh, you probably got to beat the Eagles at home. You got to at least win one of those two games against the Bengals. What you have to do is then go out and beat two teams that, when people look at it, you're probably not expected to win. You have to go to Dallas and beat the Cowboys, or you have to go to New England and beat New England. Cool. Both of those games are team are, are games that the Ravens are not going to be favored in, most likely. Yep. Or, or you have to sweep the Steelers. Yeah. You have to win in Cincinnati in Week 17. Right, so you have to win games that people don't think that you're going to win. And I think that if you're going to do that, you need A-plus play from your defense, and then you need don't screw it up play from your offense. You need run run the ball. You need to have no turnovers. You need to have a big play mixed in there. Right. The phrase is complimentary football. And I think the Ravens are in complimentary football mode right now. Even Harbs even alluded to it when talking about Flacco after the game. He said, you know, there were some completions I think he could have had. But, but you don't risk it. it. He looked at it and said, nah, I'm not going to take that shot. You know, Eric Weddle talked about the same thing. We're playing complimentary football right now. It's what we talked about on the podcast. I said I thought the Ravens could lean more on the run game, control the clock a little bit more, and put it on their defensive shoulders. I think that's where they're at right now. Do they want the offense to turn around and start putting up more points? Of course. Uh, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't think they're, they're on the same page. Here's a, here's a shot of optimism that I think that the, could help the offense. They're going up against the Browns this week. Browns are the worst team in the NFL. So, you know, you got to win this game. This goes back to our guy's question earlier in the podcast, so we'll get more into that. But you have that opportunity now for the offense. It's going to be the second game in a row that the offensive line is also back fully intact. I think Ronnie Stanley is going to play better than he did. He's yes. not going to get four penalties every game and give Kill up a couple sacks. of sacks. Yeah. You know, that's about as bad of a game as a left tackle could have. I think he's going to bounce back from that. The offensive line is going to, I think, going to play better, and then you have a nice long layoff. It's also like a mini buy. gives them a little bit more time to continue to rest up. Yeah get guys healthier and healthier. What this win against the Steelers did is it made the second half of the season interesting. The Ravens are right in the thick of it. If yeah. they had lost to the Steelers, fallen two games back, ugh, it would have been it would have been bad. We would have not done a podcast today because you would have been weeping into the microphone. <laughs> no joke. I would have been weeping about the victory cake. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get off track, Garrett. This is we usually have the story time segment. This one we're getting off track and I'll start off. Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks, man. Happy. Well, it was Friday. Yeah, Friday, Friday was the actual day. But 29 years young. You're just a wee lad. Yeah, it was a great birthday. Uh, we had a party on Saturday. A lot of people came. However, one person who did not come was you. Yeah, that's right. I want listeners to, to understand how soft Mink is based on this text that I got mid-party Saturday. Oh, Mink, yeah, we're coming, bringing the baby. It's going to be great. No doubt about it. I'm going to be there. I'm your guy. All right, man, appreciate it. That's going to be great. Can't wait to see you. Thanks. Have a special spot for you. You can put the kid in the guest room. You know, making a special special setup for Mink. You didn't do anything. Mid-party, get the text. Hey, not going to make it. My son has a runny nose. Can't come out. Does it get more soft than that? Can't leave the house because your kid has up. a runny nose. That was a cover-up. I just didn't want to be there with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, beauty, the beautiful thing about parenting, Garrett. Once you have a kid, any excuse is on the table. Yeah, you can use any excuse. That doesn't mean I'm going to buy him or that it doesn't make you <laughs> as soft as possible. No, my kid got sick. I think you might have less Nile. This was bad. Maybe that's the case, but your text said he's got a runny nose. Was it literally? That was literally the text. Brooks has a runny nose. (laughs) Oh, I can do better than that. 
Yeah, that, you know, wasn't a sparkling moment. <laughs> but I made up for it. I made up for you it. You did. You brought a me a beer. Guy. I brought you a beer. Yeah. A, a nice tall boy. And a donut. Don't forget about the and cherry a, donut and I got And a donut, yeah. I had yep. to sneak that into the press box. You know how hard it is to sneak a beer in into our stadium? <laughs> I had to do the T-shirt to cover it up. I had, it was a whole cover-up operation. Yeah, I appreciated the beer and the donut. You yeah. got back on my good graces with that. Exactly. Uh, another topic that I wanted to hit on is we talked about fantasy football last week. And I said I was going to ask Jimmy Smith what he thought about starting Antonio Brown, whether it was okay for me starting Antonio <laughs> Brown, which is exactly what I asked him. Finish your story, and then I'll correct your errors. No, go ahead and correct them. Well, you phrased it as you were going to go up to Jimmy and say, hey, Jimmy, I got Antonio Brown on my fantasy team this week. I'm thinking about starting him. What do you think about that? Yep, and exactly then in reality, you went up and you said, hey, Jimmy, uh, what do you think about people in general? <laughs> hypothetical. Hypothetical question, possibly starting Antonio Brown against the Ravens this week. Is that a bad look? And he basically said? He basically said, I don't care who you start. Are you playing the win? If you're playing the win, you should probably start the Antonio Brown because he's pretty good. And then he kind of came back later. He kind of hedged. He was all he, over the place. Yeah. Then he came back later and was like, you know, good luck, good luck to you if you do that. Basically, yeah. you know, I'm going to be guarding him, but... But his first reaction was like, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. So are you looking to win this fantasy league or not? Uh, and but, 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 but the point here. I did here, start Antonio Brown, and it was the perfect scenario. I started Antonio Brown but put the little hex on him, you know, you're not going to win the game. He got some decent numbers, got a late garbage time touchdown. I got the points I needed, and there you go. I won. Ravens won. Best of all worlds. It is true. But I think the other uh, – ethics question is if you are going up against somebody like you did on Sunday who has basically their entire team on by and they don't go through the process of setting their lineup do you feel any obligation to actually go in and say hey you're you got to set your lineup no I agree zero I don't think so either zero percent I even try to go as far as dissuading other if other people are like I'm gonna tell them man because like you know I'm a division leader I know you don't know what it feels like in fantasy football but other people who I'm contending with will be like, I'm going to tell them to go set their lineup. I will get salty. I'll get pissed. And I'll be like, gag order. This is none of your business. <laughs> you stay out of it. If they don't want to set their lineup, that's their fault. Leave them alone. I agree with that. But there are a few things that I disdain more than fantasy football. Let's talk about real football. There's a real football no, game. We, we, left, we left off the other topic here on getting off track. I'm oh, sorry. The election. The election. It's kind of a big deal. This is you know going that's out true. on election Tuesday here. Kind of a big deal. So... We'll preface it by saying we haven't talked about talk politics at all on this podcast uh, for two reasons. A, because I'm sure you're saturated with it everywhere else. And B, if we started talking politics on this podcast, you would actually hear Garrett and I fight. It would be a <laughs> throwdown because there's no subject that gets us more fired up in each other's throats than politics. That's true. Wait, back to that. One, one second I do want to say on politics. We're gonna, I'm going to write a call on this this week about who... What Ravens player, if you're going to elect one Ravens player to be president of the United States of America, it's an all-Ravens ballot, Yeah, who are you casting your vote for? Uh, that's a good question. I knew we were writing that story, but I hadn't really thought about the question. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Eric Weddle. Really? I'll, I'll go with Eric Weddle. I think that he is a fair, he is uh, honest. I think that he is, uh, he's going to put the work in. I'll go with Joe. I think Joe would make a pretty good press. Cool, collected, honest, pretty straightforward guy, family values. I think, uh, you know, all-inclusive guy, you know, 
I, I think Joe would make a pretty good president. Right. Segment three, on to the Cleveland Browns here, Garrett. Uh, so this is the second half of John's question. And he says, he, he, you know, he doesn't feel too good about this matchup against the Browns. He's got kind of an icky feeling yeah. inside of him. Uh, is that warranted? Do you think, you think that's legit? I get it. Every game, we say it every time we play the Browns, every game against the Browns is close. Don't forget that they jumped out to a 20 nothing lead in the first quarter against us last time. So I think that there is a little bit of reality in that concern. But at the same time, the Browns have also lost nine games this season. Haven't won. They haven't won a game this year. And there's Correct. a reason. Cody Kessler is under center. I would be much more nervous if Josh McCown were starting. Agreed. Because he's a starter that has really torched the Ravens the past few times that he's yep. played them. And the fact that you know he's not going to be starting, that's going to be Kessler, I think that's a good sign for the Ravens. Definitely agree. I think this is a game that the Ravens, uh, you know, they already got their wake-up call in the first matchup with the Browns. They know that they... They cannot take them lightly, not that they were the first time. But I think that that, that wake-up call will serve them well here. The Ravens know how big this game is. You can't beat the Steelers and then lose to the Browns on Thursday night football. It just would erase any momentum that they have. I think Terrell Suggs already started sending that message immediately after Sunday's game. Uh, so I think the Ravens will come into this one ready to roll. And let's not forget, you know, some of these guys like Ronnie Stanley missing four games – I think they're not, they knocked off a little bit of rust in the Steelers game. They're going to be even better if they're healthy against the Browns. Uh, do you like the color rush jerseys? Yeah, that's, if people don't know we're going to be wearing the color rush jerseys. You've probably noticed that at most Thursday night football games this year, the teams have the different jersey. Yeah. Uh, ours is all purple, and uh, we've got some really cool pictures of Jimmy Smith wearing it. He modeled it for us. I don't know why they didn't ask us to model. That's a good question. Or me, specifically. Yeah, as you talk about being fat in your victory cake. Go. <laughs> that so that, the reason. that's part of, probably part of the reason Check why. Check it out. It's got, it spills over in the gut. <laughs> yeah. It's a good look. Yeah, it's stretchy fabric right there in the middle, <laughs> yeah. the midsection. Um, I think, I, re- I do like them. Um, I, my favorite jersey still is the all-black jerseys that we wear uh, with the black pants. But I am a fan of these purple jerseys. I think that people are going to like them. I think they're going to re- look really cool under the lights. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the gold numbers. Yeah, kind They're of like the gold trim, yeah. the gold numbers. It's very cool. It's better some, than the mustard pants. Oh, no question That's about That's for darn sure. Some people I've seen have the – they have these um, jerseys at games. I've seen them – you know, they bought them off our team shop. And I like them in person. I think they're a good look. So, Would you rather see the all-purple look or the Maryland flag look that have been floated out there in the false leaks? Well, I thought the Maryland flag look was pretty cool, but – after seeing these, I really like these. And also, I don't have quite the appreciation for people that have grown up in Maryland and adore the Maryland flag the way. God, I, I love the Maryland flag. Yeah, everyone around here, you know, I like think it's cool. I, I like the Maryland uniforms, but I guess I'm not as much of a, you know, a native. That, to me, I, and I, I love the Maryland flag. I have it tattooed on my arm. <laughs> um, so... But that's like a University of Maryland thing. I mean, I think if the Ravens tried to do that, it would just look too much like that. And it would be totally out of sync with what every other team in the NFL is doing. Yeah, you know? it's, it's college, Nobody college else is, uniform-esque. Right. Nobody else is doing that. It's not really on theme. So I, I think for picking uh, a uniform that they could wear that was on theme, the purple was really good look. I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah, I think fans are going to like it. And lastly, what do you think of Thursday night football? The, the uniforms, cool. Gimmicky. But cool. <laughs> what do you think of Thursday night football in general? Well, Thursday night football, I feel like it's been like the hot topic around the sports conversation this year because the product hasn't been that good. 
NFL ratings, people are talking about them being down a little bit this year. And is Thursday night football the reason for that? I think there's been too much blame, first of all, put on Thursday night football for the reason that the NFL ratings have dropped a little bit this year. It seems like everyone just says, ah, Thursday night football is the reason for that. Right. I don't think that that's true. I think that the, the quality of football played on Thursday nights is not that great. And I think that weird things happen in Thursday night games. That's one reason I go back to that question, John's question, that makes you a little bit nervous because if there's going to be a game that the Browns win, you know, it's one of those random Thursday night games where, you know, things weird things happen. Mm-hmm. But, but you don't you don't feel like the, you get a true result. I yeah. think is the problem. It doesn't feel like the best team wins because they don't have enough time to prepare. You know, their injuries can linger from the previous game. There's not enough time for players to rest. So, like you're saying, weird things happen. You don't get a true result. But that being said, I like the fact that there's still Thursday night football. I would, given the option to say cancel all Thursday night football games or keep it, I'm keeping it. No question about it. I like being able to watch games on Thursday nights if you're out or if you're home. It's, it's nice. It's nice to have those games. On TV. Yeah. I like the nice Sunday slate. Nice, big, thick Sunday slate of games. And then the Monday night football, Sunday night football. I'm a purist in that way. Thursday night, like, it's just kind of spreading it out a little too thin to me. The last thing I'll say is that it gives you, I like the fact that it kind of gives you this stuff on the back end. It gives you a little bit of a mini buy on the back end. I think that's good for the team. And that's good for us. That'll give us time to try to recruit players to do to join us here on our podcast next week. Flacco did say, I went up to him in the locker room, and I said, all right, here's the thing. You torched the Steelers. Yep. You beat the Browns. Then it's podcast time. And he agreed. You know, he, tor- he put up decent numbers against the Steelers. Yep. I wouldn't say he torched them. But the final numbers are pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, we're so tre- I think we're on track. We're treading in the right direction here. Trending, not treading. Treading, treading, treading water. <laughs> I, was, I said that, I'm like, I know that's don't not right. Don't tread on me, bro. We're trending in the right direction, and I feel like we'll be able to beat the Browns and then get Flacco on the podcast. That's the hope. That is the hope. we got to put the pressure on. Yeah, yeah. I'll put the full court press on him. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, you can email us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net and send us your, those audio clips. I'm sure John liked to hear his own voice yep. in the lounge. So keep on sending those and leave ratings, reviews, share this with your friends. We want to keep making this bigger and bigger. And make sure you get out there and vote. If you haven't voted by the time you listen to this, you need to rectify that situation. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week.